are listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Ark podcast. My name is Jennifer Benke. I am joined today by my partner in crime, my boss and friend, Father John Gordon. And this is the podcast from the Office for Evangelization here at the Archdiocese of Newark. How are you, Father John? I'm great, Jen. It's good to be here. Uh, you know, it was funny. I was just talking to someone last night and they were telling me they had just discovered the Heart of the Ark podcast. And uh, they're just loving it. They're Good. just loving it. But then, then, and then she said, and I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Oh, I heard your first podcast. You told your story. And I'm like, I don't think it was a secret. Anyway, it was very interesting. So hopefully, uh, as you're enjoying this podcast, as much as we are enjoying doing it, uh, you'll be able to uh, appreciate uh, what we're trying to do, which is basically simply share from our heart some of the thoughts that we have that stem especially from this notion of how are we able to be who are called to be a church on mission. I am just so happy to be here with you, Father John. Maybe we should start with a prayer. Let's do that. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this gift of Advent, this season of rejoicing and hope and persevering in prayer as we wait for your coming, as we celebrate your incarnation in the world, and we are so grateful for the gift of you every day in the little incarnation every day when we get to pray together, when we get to celebrate you, especially in the Mass and the Eucharist. And we thank you for all of the gifts that you give us, and we ask this through Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, you mentioned Advent in the very beginning of the prayer there, because we are doing this during the Advent season. And if by any chance you're listening to it and Advent is already over, don't be thinking, oh, I shouldn't waste my time. Because in one sense, it's always Advent. If Advent is a season that cries out, come Lord Jesus, is that not our prayer until he comes again in glory and majesty? Indeed, as a friend of mine said it many, many years ago, and I remember it to this day, that Advent celebrates his first coming in history, his coming again at the end of time in glory and majesty, but also his coming to us over and over again, as you mentioned in the prayer, in the daily things of life and the mystery of the sacraments and prayer and kindness and justice and all the other ways in which he comes. So we acknowledge and celebrate his coming in history, mystery, and majesty. Amen. And while Advent might be a particularly liturgical orientation in that regard, it's always Advent because we're always mindful of his coming in history, looking forward to his coming in majesty, and want to be ready to come when he comes to us in the mystery of each and every day. And that's where the rubber hits the road. That's like the, the point that we're living at right now. Yes, he's coming in majesty, and we do not know when, but we do know that he's coming now in yes. the mystery of things. And how can we live that well? How can we live that better? And it occurs to me, you know, that why did he come in the first place? Uh, why did uh, the Father send his Son? Why did the Son agree to come? Because the world needed 
a redeemer, a savior. Um, if, if we did not need a redeemer or a savior, he would not have needed to come. And so one of the things to remember about his coming in mystery is that I'm going to be able to, in the first place, uh, make room for him or be aware of him or be appropriate praying, come Lord Jesus, is by repentance because otherwise I wouldn't need a Redeemer and a Savior. If I didn't need to repent, then I don't need a Savior. And so it's interesting because even as we look, for example, at the Acts of the Apostles or a basic component of the charisma, which is the basic gospel message, is the call to repentance. You know, Jesus' first words uh, in Mark's gospel, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Believe the good news, you know. And so there's just something about this overwhelming reality that Christmas, which is, again, the fruit of the Advent season, so all the more uh, is it about history, mystery, and majesty, is that it's also about repentance. And that's why, for example, in many places, there's extra opportunities to go to confession before Christmas. Many people's hearts are oriented to wanting to go uh, for that. And that's a very appropriate thing to do because people say, well, it's not Lent. No, it's not Lent. It doesn't have that kind of penitential character. But to say it doesn't have the penitential character of Lent doesn't mean to say it has no penitential character. (laughs) (laughs) And indeed, all year is a penitential character. We begin every Mass with a penitential act, not just during Lent, for example. Is that what those crazy Greek words are at the beginning? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Lord, have a mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Kyrie eleison. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. And it's amazing, I think, too, that uh, it is Greek uh, because it's the language of the first church, as it were. And so there was just something about the cry of that, that even as the church morphed into the Latin language, it held on to those those Greek words, you know, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison. And there's just something about that Entering into that prayer, I imagine, you know, Bartimaeus, Kyrie eleison, you know, as Jesus walking by, Lord, have mercy, mm-hmm. um, you know. And uh, so when we when we cry it out, however we do, whether it be that way or by Lord, have mercy or any way in which it comes, acknowledges our need for repentance because that's why he came. And uh, I just thrill about that with the Advent season. And the other thing about it, um, maybe I'm stepping on your, on your, if you want to say, Jen, feel free to just. Well, I was just going to say, you know, right before we went out, came on, listeners, he was giving me a little bit of raz because I offered to speak something in, in French la- language. And I just got him to speak Greek. So I, ooh, yeah. I, I French is not as, as far afield as Greek French. Oui, oui. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. What I was going to uh, just jump in there with you, uh, Father, is that in the way that you talk about repentance and how it's integral to the proclamation of the of the gospel, that kerygma. I want to quote Pope Francis. Another Greek word by kerygma. Kerygma. That's right. The kerix, right? The bringer of good news. That's us. <laughs> okay. Um, and you, the listeners. And that, you, our listeners. That's right. That's right. That's everybody's job. So Pope Francis says, uh, faith begins when we realize we are in need of salvation. We are not self-sufficient by ourselves. We founder. We need the Lord like ancient navigators needed the stars. Let us invite Jesus into the boats of our lives. Let us hand over our fears to him so he can conquer them. Like the disciples, we will experience that with him on board, there will be no shipwreck. Amen, you know. And and the thing about 
Advent and Christmas is that while Christmas focuses uh, to a certain degree, of course, in its first coming in history, and so we have the nativity scenes, uh, thank you to St. Francis, 800 years ago this year is when he did the first nativity scene uh, in Greccio. But also, we can kind of sometimes romanticize it and or infantilize Christmas. It's just, it's about the children. It's about the baby. Right. And the, it isn't. It's about an adult Christ at Christmas who died on a cross for us. One of the things I love to do in the nativity set that I set up in my room is to put a little cross in the back corner of it Mm -hmm. uh, to remind her that this is why he was born in a crib, so he could die on a cross. But I think the other thing, too, is that our Christmas carols that we're so familiar with, uh, so many of them, especially in their after the first verse, uh, the subsequent verses, so many of them have such rich imagery about uh, the need for mercy, the, 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 the brokenness of the world. Um, I know you just did a, a Christmas concert, a service of lessons and carols, and you deliberately chose and encouraged the people to take the program home because it had the words, all the verses of the songs that you sang, and to remind them and to even pray through them and to perhaps use them to, to share the gospel a little bit. And so uh, if, if I could just uh, um, you know, with some of these lines, uh, just quickly observe them. Oh, come divine Messiah, for example, you know. The first verse you could probably look at simply and just say, well, yeah, it's nice, you know, uh, and sadness flee away, you know, dear Savior, haste, come to earth, dispel the night and show your face and bid the hail the dawn of grace. Come break the captive fetters, redeem the long-lost fold. Clothed in human weakness, we shall your Godhead see. Now, this is not some sweet, romantic, kind of lovey-dovey thing. This is hard-hitting gospel news. Yeah. The song that most people know, like Perry Como and Nat King Cole sing, it came upon a midnight clear, mm-hmm. right? But you get to that... Uh, second verse of that. Still through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled and still their music floats o'er all the weary world. Mm -hmm. Above its sad and lowly plains they bend on hovering wing and evermore the babble sounds their blessed angels sing. The second and third verse of It Came Upon a Midnight Clear is like the gospel living right now. We are... Well, the third verse could have been written today. Oh, absolutely. Yet with the woes of sin and strife the world has suffered long beneath the heavenly hymn have rolled two thousand years of wrong and warring humankind hears not the tidings which they bring oh hush the noise and cease your strife and hear the angels sing. Yep. One of my favorite hymns, and you'll often hear this, especially uh, uh, as a um, maybe as a, a meditation, a communion meditation for Christmas, especially if you have a strong cantor such as yourself, I suspect. Oh, holy night. The words of this hymn, we're so familiar with the whole fall on your knees and the, and the sopranic trilling that can go on. And, and then that's a shame because it becomes a performance piece as opposed to a worship piece. Mm-hmm. When you think of the lines, you know, long lay the world in sin and error pining. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Um, I love this line, you know, um, chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. We're both getting choked yeah, up. If, yeah. if this was a video, folks, you uh, you would see the both of us trying to choke that one. 
Yeah, there's just something about, uh, and, and so the, the reason we acknowledge that what well, we do focus on the birth of the baby is because it's a, a great entree to our hearts mm-hmm. to let the baby Jesus, you know, neurobiologists tell us that to hear a baby cry or even to see a baby releases a hormone in us, men and women, that makes us want to protect them, Mm -hmm. that makes us want to uh, hold them. You know, there's a a smile. When you see a child, especially a baby, you smile. There's just a natural thing to do. When you hear hear a child crying, uh, especially a baby, you want to protect them. What's the need here? And so I think that the the church holding on to the the birth of Christ, the the, the infancy narrative, all that is so that not that we can just say, oh, the cute baby Jesus and bring him out once a year and uh, with our, you know, uh, nativity set or whatever, but so that we would welcome him into our hearts. And so just as, you know, with uh, Holy Week, we find ourselves at the foot of the cross. So with Christmas Week, we find ourselves at the crib. And what's amazing is who are our first people that accompany us at the crib is in the first place we have, besides the shepherds, we have St. Stephen, the first martyr. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the first one that we've, we are joined with at the crib. You know, and then uh, St. John, you know, um, who, who testifies, who himself stood at the foot of the cross. Yes. And then so dramatically, of course, is the innocence, mm-hmm. the holy innocence and the slaughter that we have uh, a hundredfold today. Yes. You know, far worse than whatever Herod did mm-hmm. is what... Uh, mothers and parents and doctors do uh, now, you know, and so but we're joined at the crib with them, so the crib isn't just this beautiful, soft lovely place, the crib is directly connected to the cross yes. and, and and all the more than dear friends, do we want to, I know, I know many families uh, do a tradition with the children especially, of if you do a good deed, you get to put a piece of, of hay into the, into the manger so that the, the crib is uh, more comfortable for the baby Jesus as mm-hmm. it were, far more effective is by our repentance, by our uh, crying out, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, do I find, does he have a place to come into my heart that welcomes him and that, and that doesn't have to be perfect. You know, dear friends, God's not calling us to have a perfect place in our heart, just a welcome place in our heart. He will bring the perfection about. He will bring the work of grace about. He will speak to our hearts about the need for mercy, and he will speak to our hearts about his overwhelming forgiveness. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. You know that he would be so generous that he would take our nature upon himself. And as you look at the baby Jesus, for example, and you can imagine he'll he'll grow to be a strong, strapping young man. And then he will give himself over to us by our sin. And so it's an overwhelming awareness of his outrageous love for us. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the uh, the concert that I just gave. Uh, I had my son uh, who was just here uh, <laughs> helping us move boxes a little bit in for the archdiocese today. And uh, I had him start the program. I always start the program with a poetic reading of... One of the songs, whether or not it's been set to music, that maybe we didn't get to do this year. And when you mention the Holy Innocence, I always think of that Coventry carol, Lule, Lule. Mm. Um, 
oh, oh sisters too, how may we do that? If you've heard that, you've heard the Coventry Carol. So it's got a lot of different settings. I've sung some of those. But um, my very favorite poem, which I think ties all these themes up, um, is by Christina Rossetti. And you'll probably recognize her. She wrote uh, the one that's known as uh, In the Bleak Midwinter. A lot of choirs will perform that. This, But there's a, she wrote a whole bunch. She was a Catholic uh, poet from England. Even though she's got an Italian name, she was an exile there in England. And um, she's one of my favorite poets. A baby, a baby is, a harmless, is a, harmless thing, a harmless thing. And wins our and hearts wins with one accord. And flower of babies was their king. Jesus Christ, our Lord, lilies of lilies, he, upon his mother's knee, rose of roses soon to be, crowned with thorns on leafless tree. A lamb is innocent and mild, and Mary on the soft green sod, and Jesus Christ, the undefiled, is the Lamb of God. Only spotless he upon his mother's knee, white and ruddy, soon to be, sacrificed for you and me. Nay, lamb is not so sweet a word, nor lily half so pure a name. Another name our hearts hath stirred, kindling them to flame. Jesus, certainly, is music and melody, heart with heart in harmony, carol we, and worship we. As far as I know, that's one of her poems that hasn't been sent to music. And mm-hmm. if it has, I haven't found one that captures all of what... Yes, the subtleties of this. Of that. That's a really... That's right. That poem really speaks to me at this time of year, and especially what you're, what you're saying. I, I posted a meme on my, one of my social medias that was a picture of a wreath, and half of it is a holly berry wreath decorated for Christmas, and it says the season. And the other half of it is the crown of thorns, mm. and it says the reason. Oh, wow, that's cool. And that just there is, why do we celebrate any baby's birth? Well, <laughs> so can we put that poem on the show notes? Absolutely. I and think, that meme yeah. as well? I will. Um, I, I will see if we have the rights to all of those things, but we, okay. don't, we don't get paid for these things, so we should be able to post those. I would think so. You yeah. Could give, mm. <laughs> uh, another uh, very popular Christmas hymn uh, that is often the recessional on Christmas Day, Joy to the World, mm-hmm. at least in places I've been. Again, the deeper verses, you know, uh, no more let sin and sorrow grow. Your thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. The victory of Jesus and the very reason he came, dear friends, and this is what we celebrate at Christmas. And this is why Christmas is not merely some appendage or some kind of feel-good thing. It's part of the basic gospel message uh, because it is the invitation to repentance that and, and the need for it that he comes. Um, and so... You know, when Jesus says that the sin against the Holy Spirit is the only sin that will not be forgiven, and I know that makes some people a little bit crazy, like, oh, my gosh, what is that sin? The church has always said it's the sin that says, I don't need mercy, that I don't need forgiveness. I don't need God. The reason I cannot be forgiven is because we make no place for it. I don't have to have perfect contrition. I just have to have the reality of, oh, my God, I'm a sinner. Lord, help me. And it's just a, a tremendous uh, grace and blessing if I but let him let him in and not be afraid. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
it's just such a grace that we have a God who comes to us in a vulnerable form and says, will you love me? Mm. You know, he's God. Yes. He could, yes. <laughs> but he still comes and says, I want to love you. Let me love you. Yes. Will you love me? And getting over ourselves is the biggest stumbling block in some ways. And I think that, um, you know, wherever you are this Christmas, not everybody is going to have the brightest of Christmases this year, whether it's a health issue or a sickness or sadness or loneliness or anything that you're facing. Jesus and his mother have been in it with us. Jesus started in that innocent and way, but in not the crib meant for the eternal king. And he's in it with us from the beginning, from the end. So all I'd like to say, folks, is just let's let him love us. And if you find yourself, dear friends, uh, either this Christmas or at any time, particularly bow down with sadness, whether the sadness is uh, of a perfectly natural order in terms of grief Maybe there's been a loss, um, a loss of life or a loss of a relationship or a loss of something significant in our lives, uh, a source of living, whatever it might be. Uh, or just that we battle with that uh, depression and sadness and the like, that uh, a real key is the uh, to get us off of ourselves in terms of what we're able to do is for repentance. And so if you haven't gone to confession, I encourage you to go to confession um, and so that you might hear the words of the Jesus the priest that I absolve you from your sins, to hear the words of, of uh, his generous mercy. He has poured out the Holy Spirit um, upon us so that, that we could know this truth and, and not be afraid of it. You know, you speak of um, <laughs> the, the season and then the reason. Um, uh, I, I'm remembering my, one of my favorite Christmas cards. I, I would love to find it again. I don't know where it is. But it's uh, the front of the card is a child, like a toddler, like maybe he's uh, seven or so. And he's in a kitchen and he's kneeling like on a high chair uh, at, the, at the stove uh, making something and the kitchen is in shambles. There's batter hanging off the clock and there's it's just a mess. The kitchen's a mess. There's a wreath on the wall so you can tell it's Christmas and the front of the card says Christmas is the time of the year to remember and you open it up and inside it says only one family ever had a perfect child. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, oh, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. You know, friends, none of us are that perfect child. So if your focus for Christmas is children, your children uh, in particular, for example, or other children, delight in that. But let yourself be the child that Christ has come for and welcome him. Uh, Christmas is not just for the children. It's about the child that we can uh, receive him more and more fully. So again, echoing uh, Jen's words, uh, to be not afraid, to be not afraid. And even not, now, wherever you are, if you're driving in the car, if you're in your room, wherever you are, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, I want to make a place for you. You know, um, there's, there's one line, there's one line in uh, one of the gospel accounts that says uh, they put him in the, in the manger because there was no room at the inn. And in any Christmas pageant that's done by children, that one little line is a major part of the show. Right. It's a major part of the show, you know. And so let it not be said of us that there was no room 
in the end of our hearts. Uh, receive Christ, receive the Blessed Mother, uh, let St. Joseph uh, guard and protect and, and give you his grace. I tell you, dear friends, before you even think of giving Christmas presents to anybody else, let Christ give you this Christmas present of himself, and you give him the gift of yourself. Amen. Amen. Shall we end with a prayer? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we know that you are here because of your promise to be with your people. You are faithful, Lord God, in your abiding with us to the end of the age. And so, Lord, that you have come to us in the first place in history, we delight and we're grateful for. That you will come in majesty and glory, we anticipate, and may our hearts be ready. And that you come now in the mystery, even of this moment, when we cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, and welcome you into our hearts. And so we echo the angel's greeting to the Mother of God, because when she said yes to this invitation, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and you, Jesus, were conceived in her womb. May our yes bring you alive in our hearts as we pray. Hail Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Heart of the Ark podcast. Amen. And we'll have another one soon. I hope God bless you all, my friends. Yes, Father. And this is episode 33. Whoa, praise the Lord. Wow. So great one to go out on for the end of our first full year. Praise God. Amen. of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark fireside.fm Our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by Eric Hunter, a dear friend of mine. You can find out more about Eric and his performances and compositions at Eric E-R-I-C Hunter H-U-N-T-E-R music.com This has been a pleasure and I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future.